listen. Friendship. Entertainment. Hey, welcome to Cinema 7. I'm your host, Mario B, and I'm just hanging out, relaxing tonight. I was playing some video games, and I thought I'd come on to talk about some of the things I saw. Got a nice just drink with me, and I'm uh, just chilling, so let me tell you what I'm going to be talking about while I got you guys here. I'm going to be talking about, most importantly, the Marvel leaks that have been going around online. I'm going to be talking about a little bit of Resident Evil, my thoughts on that show. I'm going to talk about the movie One Up, about uh, the Gamer Girls esports team. And of course, I'm going to end the podcast on some self-love, self-care type of motivation that I've been doing this past year uh, on every at the end of each episode. So hopefully, you know, that helps you as much as it's helping me to sit here and talk about it with you. All right, all right, let me put my drink down. Let me get a little hype. Let me up the, my voice a little bit. Let me get a little more excited, okay? I was just in chill mode right there. I was playing some video games. It was dark, comfortable. Let's get a little more serious now. Let me pick it up. Uh, San Diego Comic-Con is happening as I speak. Uh, there are some things that were dropped and shown this week about what's going on at the convention. Uh, the D&D movie trailer dropped. It looks like one of uh, our wild campaigns that we've done with my group of friends. Uh, me, John, and Chris Hawk, we've been d and together since maybe 2014, so or maybe a little bit before that. I don't know. I, I just think that we always saw our campaigns as a movie or visualized it in a cinematic way. I, I think the trailer looks good, but again, that's what trailers are designed to do. And, uh, you know, I always dreamed of a story from a roleplay campaign we did to be a big cinematic story. And I think this gives D&Ders with uh, big imaginations uh, to be more creative with our campaign stories. And I think this puts Dungeons and Dragons on the map and shows that you don't have to be just a nerd or kid who who thinks of crazy fantasy stories. You know, I, I think this shows now that you it can be more inclusive and uh, another movie i guess that was announced at san diego comic-con is teen wolf uh they're making a teen wolf movie based on the show that was on mtv i've never watched the show i'm I'm not a fan uh i've seen the original teen wolf movie uh i know a couple people who really liked the show so maybe they're excited about this movie but i wanted to mention it because as i said teen wolf seems like it has a following and uh, hopefully uh, people are excited for that, and hopefully it does well for them. Of course, Marvel and DC both have major panels and booths set up. I saw a She-Hawk booth that looked really neat. Sideshow Collectibles has a thing set up. Uh, 
Heroes and Villains, which I get a lot of my t-shirts from, and I bought a couple wallets from them. They have a nice little booth that looks like set up. But uh, we're going to get a Black Adam panel. We're going to get a Shazam 2 panel. Uh, Marvel, obviously, like I said, there's some leaks that they're that I'm going to go over that might be shown this weekend. Uh, DC also announced two comic book series that it looks like there's some exclusive uh, covers, cover art for San Diego Comic-Con, and that is uh, Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths. That might be really exciting for DC fans and those who are familiar with Crisis on Infinite Earths. Uh, apparently, it's rumored that DC and Marvel are working together on making a comic called Secret Crisis. Another comic that was announced was Deceased. This looks uh, interesting. It looks like maybe uh, villains or gods are going to be killing off our superheroes that we know. Um, I didn't look too much into what it was about, so I could be wrong. But I went based totally off the covers. But uh, I think DC fans are going to be excited about these two big event issues. Deadpool 1 and 2 and Logan were announced to now be on Disney+, Plus, which is showing that maybe Disney+, Plus will finally add the Predator movies and the Alien movies to its platform. You know, Disney+, Plus and, and, and Marvel, uh, obviously Miss Marvel just wrapped its final episode last week. Marvel just made Miss Marvel a mutant. And uh, I personally don't know how I feel about that, but I guess they're using her to slowly introduce the X-Men. They, they kind of teased it a little bit, obviously, with Ch Patrick Stewart, Charles Xavier in Multiverse of Madness. You know, I, I think I'll provide more details and I'll bring up uh, the conversation on the last episode, because I think this could be a good discussion with uh, my two friends the other co-hosts of Cinema 7, John and Chris Hawk. And I wanted to mention real quick, last episode, uh, I, our take, Thor Love and Thunder, with uh, my friend Andrew. I forgot to talk about how I really wanted to bring up how Marvel is getting really good actors to play one-off villains who have zero depth or the storytelling is very poor. I think this has been an issue for Marvel for a while. Uh, they get these actors who are hot off of something else and they put them right into you know they pay them the big bucks put them right into these movies as villains and then you know the villains fall short because the writing isn't there the structure of the movie isn't in the favor of the villain to feel like a big bad the actor i feel like falls short because of it or looks like it's their fault and i i think it's more kevin feige's fault and and whoever you know he's employing to help write and structure these movies. I'm not going to blame the director because I'm going to be honest with you. If it wasn't for the success of Infinity War and Endgame, I don't think we would know who the Russo brothers are. I don't think you can even tell me who directed half of what Marvel has been pu pushing out in the last 10 years. Other than maybe uh, Jon Favreau uh, and Sam Raimi. So if you can decipher who directed who and what, uh, props to you. But I think that they really need to work on how they storytell or how they portray villains in their movies. I, th I think they're still struggling with that. I think the only villain to really come out strong is Loki. If you look at Thor 1, if you go back and watch it, I think that 
part of that movie's success and why I like it is because of how much time that they spend with Loki in that movie. I think in Thor Love and Thunder, Gore never got the chance to showcase why he's called the God Butcher, and I think that was a big part of that big issue with that movie. And, uh, I mean, if you look at Loki, like I said, uh, he was the villain again in Avengers. Um, I think this is why Loki's liked by the fans today and why he's such an important character to the MCU is because of how many times he's come back, how many, uh, his development and, and, uh, obviously people fell in love with him in Thor one for a reason. And, you know, you, you don't kill him off and you bring him back. and uh, I think it showcases right there why you need to go in different directions with some of these uh, villains and how you structure stories. I also wanted to mention, uh, I made a note that I never got to on that episode. Uh, I feel like Taika Waititi is playing the corporate game to make his own projects. Uh, and, And what I mean by that is, I feel like he's taking on these franchises these blockbuster movies and the money that he gets from making those movies i think he's using to help fund his own projects which i think is fine it's genius if he's doing it that way and i i could be wrong that's totally my assumption because as we talked about in the last episode our take thor love and thunder i I just think his heart wasn't in to making that movie I think Ragnarok was good. He proved himself with that. But in a way, I still think that movie is not as memorable or holds up as well as we want it to because of what they keep doing with Thor. Now, he did direct an episode of The Mandalorian, which people liked. You know, maybe he shouldn't do franchises and sequels anymore. I'm just throwing that out there. I think he excels with his own projects like a Jojo Rabbit like a hunt for the wilderness people. I think that Taika Waititi, his more creative original projects or ideas are where where he is at his strongest and where we need Taika Waititi as a uh, filmmaker to give us these things that we love. And maybe his heart is in doing the franchises and, and the blockbusters. I just... I view it as him playing the game to make the movies he really wants to make. And again, you know, talking about San Diego Comic-Con and and Marvel, there have been some Marvel leaks. Uh, There was Black Panther leaks of of an outline. Now at San Diego Comic-Con, it is rumored that they're going to show some some things at a panel, at the Marvel stuff. Uh, But... It looks like Riri Williams is going to play a big part in the beginning of this movie. It seems like Ironheart is already established. It seems like this is going to help introduce Namir, the Submariner. I know they changed his whole uh, background and, and the type of culture that Atlantis has, which I'm perfectly fine with. I don't, I don't mind the change. I'm not a big uh, Submariner guy, but... Um, I think that the culture needs to be at the forefront, needs to be represented well. I think if they're going to go with this Aztec feel for Namir, I think it needs to be felt. And I think you need, you need to see it. Uh, it needs to be showcased, I think, 
for you to get a good sense of how it impacts him and this Atlantis that they're portraying. I think Marvel has issues with environment, so I want environment and detail to play a big factor. You know, I, I saw a statue the other day. I went to this this uh, big thrift store, and it's like a toy store, and they had one of the Black Order guys. They had a statue, and there was so much detail in that statue, and I was like, man, I just didn't get a sense of that detail in Infinity War or Endgame. And I think that's because of the CGI and how quick they pace the movie and how they don't stay on on things to show that detail or the show environments. And I really hope they don't gloss over the culture in this and, and how the the Aztecian type of vibe for Namir uh looks or affects the character. And moving on with the you know, these Marvel leaks, uh Henry Golding from G.I. Joe uh, Snake Eyes, which I really enjoyed him in. I thought he was really good. Uh, He's rumored to be playing Wonder Man. Uh, He's also in Crazy Rich Asians, which people love that movie. So I think Henry Golding uh, must have been fantastic in it. Uh, He's sure. I think he's going to do really well. I don't have a lot of knowledge on secondhand Marvel heroes. Like, I only know a lot of the the mainstays because of, you know, pop culture. And I grew up watching the cartoons. And then by the time I got into comic books, I, I kind of started reading things of what I've known. And, you know, obviously with the MCU and stuff, they kind of push more of the mainstays into uh, the forefront for their films. So I'm not familiar with Wonder Man. I think that's something that Chris Hawk will know. He's our Marvel guy. He'll, he'll know something about Marvel Man, or Wonder Man. Henry Golding, sure. Glenn Powell is rumored to be playing Cyclops. Uh, he, Glenn Powell was in Top Gun Maverick with Tom Cruise and Miles Teller. I, don't, I haven't seen that movie, so I don't know how, how well he did in that, in that film. or uh, I don't know anything about his character in that movie other than he's a fighter pilot. I think I've seen him in some other movies but I can't remember and I didn't do a lot of research before this to see what movies he was in and who he's played before that I'm familiar with but I guess you know sure he looks like a guy that could play Cyclops we'll just see how Marvel is introducing the X-Men and how they do with these characters Uh, Anthony Starr from The Boys is playing Dracula in Blade that's a rumor um I like this. I think he would be a great villain. He's great as Homelander in The Boys. Uh, He does a fantastic job with not only just acting, but portraying that character and making you believe he is that character. So I think he could do really well. Again, that that just depends on the script and how it's written. Hopefully he isn't killed off right away. Hopefully the storytelling is there so he's a formidable foe for Blade. I just want them to do this Blade movie right. I'm a big uh, fan of the first three Blade movies. I'm not really uh, into Blade's comics. I haven't really read them. I probably should since I love the movies so much, but I hope they do right by Blade. I hope this villain has what we need to make 
Blade who he is and and develop help develop the hero. I think the problem with Marvel is they're too busy focusing on the heroes versus having the villains develop the heroes. Giancarlo Esposito is rumored to be playing Professor X. I probably butchered his first name. I apologize. I suck. I should have looked up how you say it. He's a really good actor. He's from Better Call Saul. And he's Moth Gideon on The Mandalorian. He's also in The Boys as the leader of Vought. I think he plays a great villain. Uh, I think this could work, him playing Professor X. Now, i much rather see him play Magneto. I think he'd be a fantastic Magneto. But, you know, Professor X, sure, I'll, I'll go with it. It could work. I, I, I think he can pull it off. He's a fantastic actor. I'd just much rather see him as uh, a villain, I guess, because I'm so used to him doing that, and he does it so well. I think he could give something to Magneto. Penn, Penn Badgley from You on Netflix, he has a lot of charisma, and he's very likable in that show. Now, he plays a psychotic character who's super obsessed with his victims, and he portrays himself as being a good guy. I guess in his mind, he thinks he's a good guy, and you kind of want to believe it, so you like the character, and you feel for the character. He's rumored to be playing Reed Richards for the MCU's Fantastic Four. I really like this. I think he can pull it off. He, he can give off that nerdy vibe but also a leader he has the charisma he makes characters that you don't like very likable so if you give him a character that is very likable i think he's going to make you fall in love with not only him but the character he's betraying so i like it i think he's going to be a great reed richards if it's true you know speaking of uh netflix I i did watch resident evil and i wanted to mention it because everyone online is taking a big old shit on this show I won't say the show is good, but I'm not going to say the show is bad. And maybe that's because everything that I thought was good, Netflix has canceled. So hopefully we can give this a chance and they can go back and fix the things that, you know, we we're all looking at as bad and they can they can see it themselves and they can give us something better with a season two. I personally didn't think it was fire hot garbage, but it's okay. It's just not the video games, I think. And I think that's the main issue. And in, in, uh, the first episode, I thought was really good. I really like the reveal of the sister chasing the other sister and trying to bring her back to the company or bring her to the company. I guess it, you know, this means that the Weskers are now in charge of Umbrella. Uh, Wesker has clones. He looks like Blade, if you've seen that. Like, spit an image of Blade. Now, obviously, he's supposed to be modeled after the video game Wesker, which he does look like. But I guess because he's an African-American, he looks like Blade. It is an interesting choice. Uh, I feel like he could have played Mr. X. Uh, I do love hearing his voice, though, because it brings me back to playing Destiny 2 religiously a couple years ago. And, you know, the main, char- the main actress on the show, Ella Belinksta, I think is how you say her name. I'm also butchering that. I'm just terrible with names. I'm terrible with words. I can barely say words. I can barely spell. I don't 
read very much, only comic books. So I apologize. Please, please forgive me. But I am a Ella Belinksta stain because I think she does really well in this show. You know, it could be way better, like I said, than it is. But it's uh, very different from the games. And, you know, and entertainment is full of alternate timeline stories these days. And, and I don't see why we can't look at this as a multiverse of the other Resident Evil media that we know. And I think people my age, we're, we kind of grew up on movies that are based on comics or animated features being about whatever. I just think we're used to it. You know, another thing that's highly talked about these days that's on Netflix is Stranger Things. Now, I haven't watched Stranger Things since season two. I don't even know if I finished season two. Uh, Apparently, it's been watched around 1.3 billion hours. That's how big this Stranger Things 4 has been. I do like the Hellfire Club uh, design logo for the t-shirt that the character Eddie wears. I made a parody or a, ins- or a version of it for the podcast, and uh, you can check that out on our social medias, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. And though I didn't watch Stranger Things 4, I did watch the movie One Up. It's about uh, girl gamers who create an esports team to battle a boys esports team to teach them i guess a lesson that girls can game and the whole movie is really like a team building aspect finding friends discovering that you can become friends with anyone and everyone a large part of this movie is about acceptance uh it's on amazon i didn't think it was bad uh th- there is some cheesy and bad dialogue. Uh, some of the acting is almost like early 2000s TV acting, which, don't get me wrong, it seems, it seems bad already now that I'm describing it, but I really dug what they were trying to do, and I liked the message of the whole thing. You know, them showing gaming isn't just a male hobby. We still have work to do in our society on how we treat women as equals. You know, and obviously it shows the older generation is uh, very much afraid of the younger generation. I think if people were going to grade this movie, they probably will grade it at a six or lower. Hopefully there's people out there that really like it because of the message it shows. I'd probably give it a seven out of ten just based on the themes of the movie, the team building aspect, the the way they portray the esports scene as a sport. Uh the chicken scene was really good. I really enjoyed that scene. Apparently the game in the movie is coming out in a week, which is kind of neat, actually. If you've seen the movie Fanboys, uh, this is very much like Fanboys. There's a lot of elements, and there's a lot of, uh, of the same type of characters that are in Fanboys in the one-up movie. If you're a girl gamer out there, if you... Uh, really are, you know, an open-minded person and you're very accepting and you like those type of uh, messages about teaching society something uh, or to be better. If you liked fanboys, I think you really will like 
this movie one up, and I think you should check it out. And again, it's on Amazon Prime. And I haven't just been watching TV shows. Um, I get stuck and glued into a bunch of TikTok videos. You know, I'm scrolling up and down, looking at videos. I send a lot to people who would think the ones that I find funny, I feel like they would think they're funny as well. Uh, But I came across this guy called Hunter Prosper, and I really like what he's doing. So what he's doing is he's interviewing people or asking people questions on the street, complete strangers. At least I think they're complete strangers. I I don't know if they're people he knows or how how he initiates the conversation to ask them these questions. He'll meet someone on the street. He'll ask them, this random person, a question like, who is your first love? Or what is one of the most painful things you've ever felt or dealt with? And I think it's just really cool to hear these stories, these experiences, and other people's perspectives on life and how they go through it. Uh, so, I mean, if you're on TikTok and you like those, that sort of thing, um, if you like story t- stories, uh, if you like different perspectives, if you like hearing about real people, uh, then check out Hunter Prosper on TikTok. You know, we're on the road to the last episode. Uh, we have a couple on the way there. I'm kind of dubbing. I did say we had three more episodes left. I know. And I figured I, w- I was going to try to stick by that, but it seems like there's a lot of people intrigued now and want to do episodes with me. And there's things now that I, I really want to talk about on the podcast. So this is kind of now like the last ride tour. I don't know how many episodes I'm going to do on this last ride tour, but I know one of them for sure next week is going to be Fire and Ice. It's going to be a Fire and Ice special with me and Chris Hawk, and we're going to talk about The Last Jedi. Now, when we first talked about The Last Jedi and I posted the episode, it wasn't our take, but it was, I dubbed it our first take of The Last Jedi. And the reason I did that is because sometimes you have to watch Star Wars multiple times to get the messages or the metaphors and to get really the story. And there's sometimes there's a lot of stuff that you miss in the background of Star Wars movies, at least with George Lucas era Star Wars. I'm still not a fan of the movie. Chris Hawk really loves The Last Jedi. We're probably going to argue about it. It's going to be an interesting episode because we love doing Fire and Ice episodes. So stay tuned. And the, the final episode, I got John Kenoki to come back. Chris Hawk's in. We're going to do one final episode with the three of us. That's going to be the, the last episode. And it's going to be like a normal, regular episode. And I hope you guys will listen to it. I uh, hope you guys are going to like it. You know, we, we have plans uh, about what we're doing. So uh, just stick with us for this last ride tour. Now, as I said earlier, when I was uh, being real chill on the intro, I have been doing since the beginning of the year these self-love, self-care type of advice, motivation. I want to call it more motivation than anything because I'm not an expert. I, I'm not someone... I I still deal with self-doubt. I still deal with a lot of the things I'm going to bring up. So I, I'm, I'm not here to give you advice. I can only give you motivation because it also helps me work on these things. Uh, and, and really, you know, 
what I wanted to talk about at the end of this episode was overthinking anxiety and dealing with insecurities because I deal with all of those things. And I think that also adds to my self-doubt. Overthinking can destroy your happiness and mood. Anxiety definitely is harder to get a grip on, and, and I fully recognize that. You know, it takes practice and sometimes medication, obviously, for those who have it really bad. Just take a deep breath when, when you start overthinking or you get really anxious. And exhale slowly about five to ten times and just focus on the breathing. Because that has helped me before when I have like an anxiety attack or I start over analyzing situations and it, it starts making me go off on a tangent. Sometimes I just have to take a deep breath, exhale, do that a few times, and really assess the situation or whatever the subject matter is that I'm just going off the rails about. And I've learned my lessons with these. Obviously, anxiety and insecurities can best you. Uh, during a relationship, it can definitely cause a lot of overthinking through self-doubt, like I said, and the fear of being hurt. You'll start believing you're a bad partner for overthinking if it does start ending, ending up affecting the other individual involved, your partner or your friends. And though I do think you have to control your emotions and you need to work on yourself in various ways to ease your own thoughts and also to help said relationships. These negative thoughts you may have will only poison you if you latch onto them. And you'll seek comfort from others. And to be real, your anxiety and your insecurities are nobody else's burden but your own. My overthinking, that's all me. My anxiety, it's all how I have to deal with it and how I try to choose and overcome it. My insecurities, I have to work on those. That's my burden. That's my issue. Now, I do think, saying all that, that loved ones should be willing to work with you and be considerate of your anxieties. Uh, but it does all start with communication. Uh, communication from you, communication from your partners, and communication to and from your friends. There's going to be a lot of noise in your head during any of these. Uh, the noise shouldn't be looked at as toxic uh, if your intentions are pure and... It can be negative if there is an unwillingness to control them. If those things are creating outbursts or you are being aggressive, then yes, it is toxic, especially if you have no control. But sometimes you have to learn to emotionally understand your trauma or your anxiety or your insecurities so you can see it's damaging not only others possibly, but you more than anyone else. And if it is, then you, you know what you need to work on. You know, if it's really affecting you and it's affecting the things around you, then, then you know what you have to put the work in on and practice with to uh, mentally help yourself. If you have anxieties and insecurities you need to work on, Make sure when you are having an anxiety attack or panicking from overthinking that you're channeling out that noise. You have to look for the things you know are true and take away the things you know is just you overanalyzing a situation. It never feels good to hurt the people you love or just in general know that you're hurting somebody else. 
uh, especially when you just want their love uh, or you just want their friendship, you know, and you're trying your best to be uh, a good friend or partner to them. You have to realize you are wrong when you are pushing others. You have to take the feelings of individuals around you into consideration and also understand how they operate. That's a big part of it, you know, and it's also comes with communication, not only them, but you as well. And you got to know you can't control what's going on with others. You just have to remember that the only thing you can control is you and what's going on in your head and how you react. So, you know, I hope that helps you as much as it's helping me to talk about it. It's reminding me what I need to do to get over these things. And don't be afraid to ask for help because uh, it's always good to get someone else's advice or, or to see how someone else deals with anxiety or how they can overcome their insecurities. Overthinking, like I said, can, can poison your mind and be very negative on, on your life. And you can seek meditation or breathing techniques or... You know, maybe going to the gym, working out, keeping yourself busy. Uh, There's therapy in all kinds of ways. And even if you have to get started on your garden, that could be your therapy. Well, I'm Mario B for Cinema 7. I hope you guys are safe and I hope everyone is okay and has a great weekend or a good week or good day, you know, whatever it could be for you. I I hope that... uh, It ends positive, or on a positive note. And before I go, let me just take a crack at the old Chris Hawk send-off. Thanks for listening to us, thanks for watching with us, and thanks for exploring with us. See you down the road.
Oh, you ain't started on you a garden yet? Let me see if I can influence you to do so, you feel me? Straight up. It's time to start on you a garden, baby. Ay, I promise it will be your therapy. Ay, and if you run into some problems, baby, hey, just know that you can call on me. Ay, it's time to start on